Welcome aboard, historians, to the NCC 73117, USS Little Hero. I'm Captain William. And I'm Commander Vicky. And if you'll step right this way, historians, we'll go to Holodeck 2, where we will continue our adventures of Captain Kirk and his beloved crew. Commander Vicky, will you take us to the coordinates where we belong? Onward and upward, Captain. Make it so. Welcome back to Vicky's Adventures into Star Trek. I'm William. And I'm Vicky. And today we are doing Season 3, Episode 10, Plato's Stepchildren. Which I had to correct that on Vicky's end a couple times. Right. So, Vicky, would you like to tell everybody where they can find us? You can find us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio... CastBox, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, Spotify, and Anchor. Where it all began. You can contact us at Vicky's Adventures in a Star Trek at gmail.com or Facebook. Vicky's Adventures in the Star Trek. Very true. What else can they do? You can go to www.vickystartrek.com and get a merch shirt. That's very true as well. So, Vicky, Season 3, Episode 10, Plato's Stepchildren. What did you think was going to happen in this one? Uh, sorry, I'm not paying attention. I can tell. Uh, the crew goes back to meet Plato and his many stepchildren. Wrong. Again. Very wrong this time. <laughs> Well, I thought. The Enterprise finds a planet inhabited by aliens who were once followers of the Greek philosopher Plato. Yay! Are you ready to roll on this one? Yes. If you need the list, hon, I've got the list right here. I'm okay. Go ahead. Mr. Spock is unable to account for this since he reported no signs of life on the planet. It is rich in chironide deposits, a very rare and long-lasting source of great power. So chironide, I actually pulled this up early, but I thought it was going to be mentioned later on in the episode, I forgot. Oh, okay. It says chironide was a substance that provided a rare source of psychological abilities for humanoids who consumed, when, or when consumed. Chironide could be ingested or injected as a drug to amplify one's psionic powers. Right. Are you from the spaceship Enterprise? That's right. Oh. One of my favorite characters, Alexander. Alexander, at your service. I sing, I dance, I play all variety of games, and I'm a good loser, a very good loser. Please, uh, try to bear that in mind. But now, would you please accompany me? Who are the inhabitants of this planet? Oh, Platonians. I'm sure you've never heard of us. Our native star is Sandra. Millennia ago, just before it went Nova, we managed to escape. So, Sandra. Okay. Let's see, I pulled it up. Where is it here? 
Ah, here it is. Sandro was the primary of, of an inhabited planetary system. One of the planets, Sandra, was the homeworld of a warp-capable humanoid species. Before Sandra went supernova in the first millennium BC, a group of 38 refugees traveled to Earth where they settled during the time of Plato. All right. After the time of Plato passed, the settlers who called themselves Platonians moved to another planet where they named Platonius. Here they continued to follow the teachings of Plato. As soon as they discovered that they had developed psychokinetic powers, attributes of the planet Kyranide rich food. Almeida liked Plato's ideas, Plato, Platonius, see? In fact, our present philosopher king, Parmen, sometimes calls us Plato's children, although we sometimes think of ourselves more as Plato's stepchildren. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, someone's waiting for you. <laughs> Who among you is the physician? I am. What's the problem? My spouse, his leg. Come this way. Who is that? You're going to ask me every question under the book, aren't you? Uh huh. <laughs> I didn't bring her up. So that is. Uh, God, I forget how to pronounce her name. Lana. Belina, I believe. Belina. Uh, she is the wife of Parman, the leader of the Plutonians. Like the other Plutonians, she possessed psychokinetic powers. She was born on the planet Sandra in 32 BC. The couple married when she was 117 years old. She stopped aging when she was only 30 years old. All right. Well, what happened to that leg? I suppose I scratched it. I don't understand. This should have been attended to immediately. Sheer ignorance. Is there anything you can do? Oh, we're certainly going to try. The infection is massive. Let me give you a hypo to ease the pain. Alexander, you talk too much. Stardate 5784.3. Dr. McCoy is endeavoring to treat the leader of a strange group of people. When their planet, Nova, millennia ago, they transported themselves to Earth during the time of Socrates and Plato. After the death of the Greek civilization they idolized, they came to this planet and created for themselves a utopia patterned after it. What is, what is your prognosis, Doctor? I'll let you know when I have the results. And from now on, it would be better if I handled the instruments without your help. Suppose I can't understand why a simple cut like that could become so serious. Neither do I, but it has. How do I knock out an infection when the track water doesn't show any information on Tony's bacteria? <laughs> All I can do, and this is going to take time, is to try to match his bugs with a known strain and hope. Your pan is in jeopardy. <laughs> it isn't now. I will. No play, Heraclitus. I thank you, Dionide. This psychokinetic power of yours, how long have you had it? Do you want to have... Ever since our arrival here on Platonis, 
How is the power transmitted? Brain waves. Do these waves cease while you are asleep? No, not if they're embedded in the unconscious. Well, what about medicine? Why no doctors? Well, we haven't had any pressing need for the medical arts. You see, while still on Samdara, we instituted a mass eugenics program. We're the result. Pared down to a population of 38, we're perfect for our utopia. We're bred for contemplation and self-reliance. And longevity. How old would you say I am? Oh, don't be afraid, I'm not vain. 35. That old? <laughs> I stopped aging at 30. Well, anyway, you're off by 2,000 years. I'm 2,300 years old. We were married very young. I was only 117, and he was 128. So you see, we scarcely have to move anymore, let alone work. That's why you have no resistance. That's right. A break in the skin or a cut can be fatal. <laughs> So Parman is now being so. How do I put this in the nicest way possible? He has the highest at this time kinetic ability due to the Kiranite. He has now gone into shock basically, and he is all over the place with his psychokinetic powers. Gotcha. So he's not really in control of them at this moment. So they're out of control. Well, he is in control, but not really. He is out of control. Yes. <laughs> so, that is Parman. Um, I haven't said this yet, but he is the leader of the Plutonians, a humanoid species who possess psychokinetic powers and copied the ancient Greeks in their philosophies. You know, for their planet. Right. Then I missed Alexander, my favorite character in this episode. He was a resident of, the, of Plutonus who... Unlike the other Plutonians, did not have the power of psychokinesis. He was a person of extraordinary short stature who served as court buffoon and slave to the other Plutonians. Got it. Then we have the Plutonians. So, there we go. We know who they are. And, of course, they said that they... Uh, modeled their, their time after the great philosopher Plato. Right. I believe we're experiencing the psychokinetic manifestations of Parman's delirium. What's happening to the ship right now? Do what? That's basically what's also happening to the yes. ship right now. Yes. Parman is having a delirium right now, and he's not fully in control of everything. Gotcha. Scott and Captain Kirk. Captain, we're in the midst of a storm. No discernible cause, and I've never seen anything like it. There's ten scale turbulence right now. Emergency gyros and stabilizers at maximum. If this keeps up, Captain, we can't last. Engines at full speed. Get her out of orbit and into space. Try that, sir. She's locked tight. Then there's nothing you can do but pass it down with her. Right, Captain. Armor's mind is not open. Caution! There's only throwing around the furniture. He's tearing up the Enterprise as well. Folks, knock him out fast. So she covered his eyes, and that stopped 
a lot of it. Right. they make fun of me for my size. But uh, to answer your question, I'm the only one who doesn't have it. I was brought here as the court buffoon. That's why I'm everybody's slave and I have to be 10 places at once and I never do anything right. How does one obtain the power? As far as I know, it just comes to you uh, sometime after you're born. They say I'm a throwback. And I am, and so are you. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Don't worry about it. We're happy with that. You know, I believe you are. Listen, where you come from, are there a lot of people without the power and my size? Alexander, where I come from, size, shape, or color makes no difference. And nobody has the power. Nobody. Somebody wants me. Captain. It will be very gratifying to leave here. That might not be easy should Parman die. Even if he shouldn't. Yes. This utopia of theirs is one of the best kept secrets in the galaxy. Screening themselves from our sensors, locking us into orbit. All this adds up to a pattern. Jim, my concoction actually worked. The fever's broken. And what recuperative powers? The infection's begun to drain already. Dr. McCoy, you may yet cure the common cold. <laughs> if there was the time to get out of here, it's now. Kirk to Enterprise, Scotty, come in. Scott here, sir. Prepare to beam us up. Oh, I'm afraid I can't do that, sir. Everything's frozen. Turbulence hit you that hard? It's not the turbulence, sir. Damage to the ship is minimal. What caused it? I don't know, sir. And those are the facts. Did you get up into space? Well, no, sir. The orbit is locked tighter than ever. And subspace communication with Starfleet, that's completely severed. All right, Scotty. I'll handle it down here. Stand by. Great Pan sounds his horn. Marking time to the rhyme with his hoof. With his hoof. Forward, forward in our plan. We proceed as we began. Your Excellency. Barman will do. Philosopher kings have no need of titles. I would like to know why the ship's instrumentation and weaponry is frozen. And why the Enterprise is locked in orbit. Captain, please. You are mistaken, I assure you. Barman and I have talked to the engineer aboard the ship. We've showed our good faith. Now you show yours. I want the ship released immediately. 
The amenities, Captain. Allow me to remind you that I am the head of this principality. Guests, do not come barging in here, making demands and issuing orders. Guests, you don't know the meaning of the word. Guests aren't treated like common prisoners. Do not take that tone with me. Brings back the old term. Quit hitting yourself. Quit hitting yourself. Right? <laughs> Enterprise acknowledge. Acknowledge. Enterprise, come in. Enterprise. I can't believe it. Obviously, Foreman does not wish any contact made with the Enterprise. Oh, he may still need the ship's medical stores. Why prevent contact? to shut out any knowledge of his brutal treatment of his Starfleet captain. No, Mr. Spock, one thing for certain. Parman is not concerned with my dignity or safety. Agreed, Captain. And Parman would not have treated you so brutally if he had any intention of releasing you or the Enterprise. Where are you going? I don't know. I don't want to go, but I can't help myself. For you, please accept them as tokens of our gratitude. They stem from the very source of our inspiration. To our noble captain, the shield carried by Pericles as a symbol of gallant leadership. A statesman. A Greek? Yes. Cerebral, Mr. Spock. I would assume. Since we're talking about everything with Elsa about Greek, I thought it would be assumed that uh, he would be Greek. Exactly. This Keith had to pluck music to soothe his ever active brow. And lastly, Dr. McCoy, who saved Plutonius and my spouse. This ancient collection of Greek cures, penned by Hippocrates himself. Has the Enterprise been released yet? Captain Wade, I know what you're thinking. My humble apologies, you were badly used. In my own defense, allow me to say that my illness was more profoundly disturbing than I myself realized. I am sure, Captain, that you too have been out of sorts and have been driven to fits of temper and rage. Unlike you, however, what I think and feel, whether for good or ill, is instantly translated into reality. So please, find it in your heart to forgive me. Certainly. Has the Enterprise been released yet? It will be shortly. Then good day, and... Thank you for the presence. Not at all. But there is one final request. <laughs> After my nearly thing. fatal infection, it has become obvious to us all that we cannot afford to be without a skilled physician. Therefore, we should like you, Dr. McCoy, to remain. I'm very sorry, but that's impossible. Your duties will be extraordinarily light. You should be free to read, meditate, to conduct research, whatever you like. You will want for nothing. The answer is no. We should like to keep it cordial, but uh, we are determined to have you say it, aren't we? Dr. McCoy saved your life. I am losing patience, Captain. And you consider yourself a disciple of Plato? We managed to live in peace and harmony. Whose harmony? Yours? 
Plato wanted truth and beauty and above all, justice. My dear Mr. Spunk, I admit that circumstances have forced us to make a few adaptations of Plato, but ours is the most democratic society conceivable. Anyone can, at any moment, be or do anything he wishes, even to becoming ruler of Platonius, if his mind is strong enough. And if his mind isn't strong enough, he gets torn apart like Alexander. Oh, come now, we are not children. In your culture, justice is the will of the stronger. It is forced upon people by means of weapons and fleets of spaceships. Our justice is the will of the stronger mind. And I, for one, consider it a vast improvement. We don't use our weapons for the kind of brutality you practice. Farewell, Captain. Lama. Harmon is another one of those characters that you just love to hate. Right? You know. Right. And I screwed up. I exited out when I didn't want to. Called hitting the wrong button. I can't move, Jim. You're gonna keep me here no matter what. Leave, please. No, you're the doctor. They don't want to force you. They need your goodwill. They're trying. Captain, go while you still can. We're not leaving until McCoy is released. This is not the Enterprise. You are not in command, Captain. Why even discuss it? Get rid of them. Oh, no, my dear, that might offend the good doctor. You wish to stay? By all means, you can help us celebrate our anniversary. In the process, I hope we can persuade you to join our tiny republic. You won't persuade me. I think we will.
had enough of your moralizing. And we've had too much of yours. You'll never get me to stay here. You will be happy to stay. It takes a little time, Doctor, but you will be happy to stay. Mr. Spock is 
what keeps us healthy, emotionally healthy, that is. It may be, Doctor. However, I have noted that the healthy release of emotion is frequently very unhealthy for those closest to you. Which just goes to prove that there's no such thing as a perfect solution. So it would seem. Captain. Yes, ma'am. Do you still feel anger toward Parman? Great anger. And you, Dr. McCall? Yes, Spock. And hatred. Then you must release it, gentlemen. As I must master mine. I might have seriously injured you, Captain. Even killed you. They have evoked such great hatred in me. I cannot allow it to go further. I must master it. I must control. I've thought it over. I'm staying. You can't. But Parman has promised me you'll be safe. Promised? Parman? He did us beam up to the Enterprise and then plunge the ship back into the atmosphere. Why? Why trick me? Because if he killed us outright in front of you, you'd retaliate. You're a doctor. You have the means. Bones. I know you're trying to do the right thing. But if any one of us escaped, Parman knows that Starfleet would never let this planet go unpunished. Sacrifice yourself by agreeing to stay and you sign our death warrant. He's right. I should have warned you. They were treating you the same way they treat me, just like me. Only you fight them. All the time, I thought it was me, my mind that couldn't even move a pebble. They even told me I was lucky they bothered to keep me around at all, and I believed them. The arms and legs of everybody's whim. Look down. Don't meet their eyes. Smile. Smile. These great people. They were gods to me. But you showed me what they really are. And now I I know, don't you see? It's, it's not me. It's not my size. It's them. Them! Them! Do it, Alexander. Put it out. No, this is the best thing for it. Do what I say. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut them. I'm gonna cut them. Harmon first, and they'll all get infected. But this time, listen, whatever they say, don't, don't save them. Let them die. Give it to me. At least let me give them a taste of what they gave me. Please, they're gonna kill you anyway. You know that. In that case, what's the point in you dying too, Alexander? anybody ever thought of my life before his own. Should have told you when you first came here that they were going to kill you because I knew that when I was afraid. Afraid. It's all you said. We haven't given up. And there may be something you can do to help. Anything I can do to help you, just tell me. Right. In the Platonians, always have this power. No, not until we came to this planet. Alexander, is it possible for you to recall how long after you arrived here that their power began to develop? How could I forget that? It was exactly six months and 14 days after we got here that they started pushing me around. And would you know how many months' supplies you brought with you? Four, I think, or three. That's close enough, Alexander. Fascinating. Their power developed two or three months after they started eating the native foods. That's right. 
then it is logical to assume that there is a connection between the psychokinetic power and the eating of the native foods. Well, then why wouldn't Alexander have the same power as the others? Perhaps his system cannot absorb the crucial element. Bones, I think it'd be a good idea if you took a reading of Alexander's blood. Uh, uh, not that I'm afraid or anything, but will it hurt much? You won't even know it happened. <laughs> you still have a tricorder reading of Parman's blood, don't you? Of course, Parman possesses the highest order of psychokinetic ability, and Alexander the lowest in the same environmental conditions. The probabilities are that Alexander was born with some biochemical deficiency relative to Plutonius. I'll run both their blood samples through for a full comparative test in the tricorder. And if our theory works out, we've got a weapon. The one significant difference between Parman's blood and Alexander's is a concentration of kiranite broken down by pituitary hormone. Kiranite? It's a high energy source. That could be it. Pituitary hormones confirm the hypothesis. They also regulate body growth. Oh, you mean the same thing that kept me from having the power made me a dwarf? Yes. It's also obvious why Parman kept this little utopia a secret. Anyone coming down here and remaining long enough would acquire the power. Exactly. There must be a quick way of building up a concentration of curanite in our blood. It'll take some doing, but it's possible. What are we waiting for? What is it, Bones? Well, even if the curanite reaches us a desired effect, it still may not help us get out of here. Yes, there are 38 of them. The point is well taken. However, the psychokinetic power is not additive. If it were, considering the Plutonians' hostile propensities, two or three of them would have combined forces centuries ago and deposed Parman. He's right. You know, Parman says that each one has his own separate power frequency because before, when they tried to combine their powers and use them together, it never worked. I'm ready. That's not wasting time. Give us double the concentration in Parman's bloodstream. Time factor concerns me. It may take days or even weeks before there's enough buildup from the Kiranai to be of any benefit to us. Yes. What about Alexander? Since the Kiranai's broken down and injected directly into his bloodstream, it should work on him as well as us. Better, in fact, because he's acclimated. Oh, no. No, not after what they've done to me. Why not? You could conceivably take Parman's place and run the whole planet. <laughs> That's what I want? Become one of them? Become my own enemy? Just lie around like a big blob of nothing and have things done for me? I want to move around for myself. If I'm going to laugh or cry, I want to do it for myself. You can keep your precious power. All I ask is one thing. If you do make it out of here, take me with you. Just drop me any place where they never heard of Kiranide or Plutonius. Alexander. <laughs> I guess we weren't sufficiently entertaining. Concentrate on raising this plate of fruit. Nothing. 
2,500 years ago, a band of hardy vagabonds arrived on this barren, rough-hewn planet. There's a desperate hardship, a back-breaking toil. And then, a divine providence graced our genius and our dedication with the power of palms. Through it, our every need instantly materialized. We thereupon determined to form a utopian brotherhood. This night is indeed a festive occasion, for tonight, we welcome into that brotherhood its first new member. Not yet, Palmer. You have to convince the doctor first. They'll never do it, Jim. Doctor, please. You are destroyed the festive mood of the ladies. We must recapture it at once. I know. What would be better than a serenade from the laughing spaceman? young men in their velvet prime deeply they'll swallow from your finest kegs then swiftly begun leaving bitter dregs Of course, Alexander's already made it known a couple times to them that he wants them to die. Right. Because of how they've treated him. Right. I'm so very frightened. That's the way they want you to feel. Makes them think that they're alive. I know it. But I wish I could stop 
Television's first ever interracial kiss. Right. Now, it was supposed to be Spock and Uhura. But, because William Shatner is William Shatner, he forced it to get changed to where it was him and Uhura. Which, to be honest, after, if you actually look at how everything plays out, Chapel has always been kind of like lovey-dovey on Spock. Mm-hmm. So, it makes actually more sense this way. But it's still... The first ever. Right. Norman, let's get on with it. You are so impatient, my wife. Observe the doctor and learn. He's quite content to wait for the pièce de résistance. Psychokinetic ability, but at twice your power level. Not twice mine. Oh, yes, twice yours. (laughs) 
should die. Now all of a sudden Parman is scared. Right. Captain? Do you hear me? Don't stop me. Let me finish you off. Do you want to be like him? power, but I didn't want it. I could have had your place right now. The sight of you and your academician sickens me. Despite your brains, you're the most contemptible things that ever lived in this universe. Captain, you knew that I intended to destroy both you and the Enterprise. Yet you spared me. To us, killing is murder, even for revenge. But there will be other starships. What? Well, there's no need for concern. Uh, they'll be safe. Uh, of late, I have begun to think that we have become bizarre, mm -hmm. unproductive. We are existing mere. Yeah, you only started thinking this way when you almost died. Exactly. <laughs> to nourish our own power, it's time for some fresh air. We shall welcome your interstellar visits. I don't believe you. That would be highly uncharacteristic. We must expect, Parman, that the moment we leave here, your fear would be gone, and you would again be as sadistic and as arrogant as your 2,500 years have made you. And just remember, we can recreate that power in a matter of hours, so don't try anything. Understood, Captain. And you're right. None of us can be trusted. Uncontrolled. Power will turn even saints into savages. And we can all be counted upon to live down to our lowest impulses. You're very good at making speeches, Pop. Just make sure that this one sinks in. I'm overside. Alexander. Kirk Enterprise. Scott, prepare to beam us up. I have a little surprise for you. I'm bringing a visitor aboard. Surprise roll. So, Vicky, that was season three, episode ten, Plato's Stepchildren. What do you think of that one? I liked it. Okay. Scale of 1 to 10, where do you put this one? I put this one at 8.5. Okay. Well, I'm going to end. Unfortunately, I have to step it up on you there and give it a 9. No! <laughs> I can do whatever I want. <laughs> so, Vicki, who do you think this episode hinged on? Well, the Plutonians. Uh, Uhura and Nurse Chapel. Okay. Bach. Mm hmm. Captain Kirk. Bones. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess Alexander would be in the Plutonians. If you're. Because we only saw three. We actually saw three of the main Plutonians. I don't think you can classify all 38 of them in one hit, to be honest. So you'd be thinking Parman. Philea and Alexander. Right. So it's three different people, you know. And Scotty. Scotty, yes. Because he was having problems on the ship. Well, he wasn't. Well, technically, yes, he was having problems, but they weren't anything he could do anything about. Right. So I don't have anything to add to that. What? You named them all. You might as well just say, give yourself a round of applause and say, yay! Okay, so is there anything you noticed? Uh, no. 
notice things. So, Harmon. So, remember, how come the Enterprise got there in the first place? A distress call. True. But because of what? Because they needed the doctor because he had an infection. From what? Uh, cut. Scratch. Okay. So when he when Kirk brought him over the the railing at the end there, you see him kick the knife. Which I don't know about you, but if you got a sharp knife around, even a, a tap like that could cause you to bleed. Gotcha. So it was one of those things um, that I noticed. That could have happened, but they didn't play into it. I love how Parman all of a sudden changed his tune the minute his life was in danger of being dead. Right. You know, which I found funny because, you know, it was what it is. Right. So, we had the first interracial kiss ever. Yes. On TV at the time. So, yeah. Anything else, darling? No, I think I'm good. Well, just in case we are not on next week, we have to take Vicky's car in to get service done on it. Um, so we may or may not be on next week. So just giving everybody a heads up ahead of time. Alrighty? Yes. Alright, well I guess until next week, I'm William. And I'm Vicky. And we will see you in the next mission. Bye!